What's going on, everyone? Hope you are well and have had a great weekend. And boy, do I have a great podcast episode for you. Najee Richardson, the Phoenix. I've been asking him to jump on for months and we haven't been able to find the right time. And we finally did. And it was worth it was worth the wait. Uh, this, I, I probably, I'll be honest, I probably could have kept going for another hour or so. So this episode's at least two hours long. Uh, and yeah, I reckon I could have easily gone for another hour or two. Um, it was just so many, so many questions, <clears throat> excuse me, so many questions to ask. And, you know, the thing about Najee, it's, it's like his life is just a series of life lessons. That's what I said to him. And I hope one day he, he writes a book once he um, hopefully one day wins Ninja Warrior and does whatever he does with his life. Um, but yeah, this was a great episode. I really implore you to, to sit down, listen, listen to what he says, especially down towards the end when we start talking about movement and, 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 and whatnot. Really take in um, what he says because and this is a man who, who you know, didn't start off uh, being a, a gun in ninja. And as he says, you know, he, he, he's built himself up and, you know, he's gone through a lot of battles and, you know, mental as well. Uh, so he's overcome a lot. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. So, uh, take your time with this one. Remember, if you want to improve your grip strength, Aussie grip is the way to go. They do free domestic shipping. They are absolutely fantastic. I have quite a few of their holds. You can use the discount code Kadeem10 at checkout. And if you like the podcast and you want to help me out, and which will allow me to keep going and, and, and keep making things, uh, please consider becoming a, a Patreon member. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. And it'll allow me down the track to, to hopefully expand uh, a lot more. So, all right, enough of me talking. Let's get on with the show. Man, thank you. I, I just realized I actually forgot to, to record that that first bit so that, that that's fine yeah no problem uh, man no problem <laughs> i was like totally totally forgot to hit the record button but man thank you so much for coming on obviously trying to trying to tee this one up for ages uh and i've been really lucky i've been able to connect with a whole bunch of uh different ninjas from from the u.s and you know hear yeah. their story and obviously you know you know like yourself and other people i've been watching you guys from afar for, for so long so it's like it's really cool to be able to you know, to be able to talk to you and actually learn absolutely, man, and, and, and be able to, you know, connect. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, dude. man, I think, I mean, where do we begin? I was actually just doing some reading before. I mean, like, you know, your life's pretty much almost like a little bit of a movie itself. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've had, I've had a journey, man. It's, I've uh, lived, I'm only 29, but I feel like I've lived a lot of lives by now. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate, man. That's it's crazy. So take me. Uh, I kind of asked this with everyone. So take me back to what you know when you were a kid. I was just reading before about you know I guess yeah. growing up in Philly. Like, what was that like for you? Like, it, it sounded pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, dude. It's uh, <laughs> I've had, I had one of those lives where I could easily, easily make a movie out of it. In my opinion, I just I've lived through so many different experiences growing up in Philly, man. I grew up in the hood. Uh, and it was rough, like it was super rough, man. I remember being like eight years old and looking outside the window and watching drug dealers like pick, you know, just beat people up, like beat up passerbys. And um, I watched people 
like, you know, at the corner of my block where I live, it was a drug house. So I'd be walking to school and I'd be watching people shoot up. You know what I mean? Like I saw a lot. I saw a lot as, as a child, you know, things that you shouldn't see. A lot of things that you shouldn't see. But luckily for me, I had very, very strong willed, very um, aggressively protective parents. I like to say they were aggressively protective because whenever I could have been doing something just not even remotely, you know, bad or, or what you would call rebellious or anything, but they would get on me, man. They, they'd be about it right away. They'd be like, no, you are not going to end up like those guys. You're not going to end up, you know what I mean? Like they were, they were always on top of me. Uh, and they had to be because I was growing up at a time where just influence was everywhere. My, my friends from school were getting into it, you know, gangs were everywhere in Philadelphia where I lived. I was, I mean, just about everybody I knew was in a gang, everyone, everyone I knew was in a gang. Mm. Um, and I wasn't, so that opened me up to being targeted by a lot of bullies. Um, it, yeah, man, it was, <laughs> it was rough. It was rough growing up in Philly. It was, it was really rough. Um, but luckily that also pushed my parents to involving me in sports. They had this mindset where as long as we can keep him away from the neighborhood, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna turn out like anybody that we have to worry about. So they put me in sports probably at age six, I want to say was like the first time they put me in karate. Mm. And I stuck with that for about four years. I stuck with martial arts for four years, did a lot of different styles. And then when I was 10, they put me in gymnastics classes. I started showing an interest in, you know, acrobatics. My dad was a gymnast when he was uh, in middle school and high school. So he was like, yeah, we'll just throw him in gymnastics, see how he does. And I kind of just took off with that, man. I, I loved it. It stuck. Um, and the next thing I knew, by the time I was 12, I was doing gymnastics like six days a week. You know, wow. um, I would go to school, I'd come home, do my homework, and then my parents would immediately drive me to gymnastics. I'd be there till I, I got there at like 6.30. I'd be there till 10 o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get there. My parents were, they were, like I said, they were aggressively protective. They were doing everything in their power to make sure I would end up like, everyone in our neighborhood so mm. they didn't even give me the chance to explore like any of the other things that the kids from school were doing I didn't even, I had no idea half the time because I was always either in the house doing my homework or I was at the gym doing gymnastics so uh, I was very lucky in that regard that I just had parents that were just they were doing everything in their power they worked between the two of them, they worked five jobs. My mom. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, my, my mom worked two jobs. Uh, she'd, she'd work an overnight shift at the hospital. And then immediately, as soon as she got off work at six in the morning, she'd go for her next job. She'd go home, uh, get maybe like four or six hours of rest, and then go right back to work. And she did that for six years. Ugh. My dad worked. Yeah, dude. My, my dad worked goodness. two jobs. Yeah, he worked at the uh, at the Met in Philly, um, and then he worked two hours. Of, no, I'm sorry, two and a half hours away from home in Atlantic City, uh, another spot where he was able to get a job, just to make sure they had enough to put me through gymnastics, which for a low income family was very very expensive. But they were just yeah, man. They were aggressive. They were like they were just gonna do everything in their power to make sure I turned out okay. So. Um, Wow. I got lucky. I got lucky, man. I got really, really lucky, I, I like to say. <laughs> man, I thought my life was interesting. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but at the same time, man, with that, it's, it's so hard for me to, 
to even though I, I saw a lot as a kid, I saw a lot, I saw yeah. a lot, and I experienced a lot. Um, I can't say that I had a bad childhood, man, because you know I I think I had one of the best childhoods in the world because my parents like I I got to see the best of my parents just through their hard work and their effort to to show me it, 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 to lead by example. They wanted me to have an example to look up to because I really there was no examples around me other than bad examples. So they did everything in their power to just you know lead by example and wanted me to you know reap everything I could from their hard work. So they were just, they were selfless, man. They were, I, th I think my parents are the coolest people in the world. Every time I look back on it, you know, you don't appreciate these things when you're younger. Mm. You only see the things that you don't have. You know what I mean? You only see the things that you want and that you don't have and your parents can do for you. But then you turn out to be, you know, pushing 30 and you're like, man, actually you guys were all right. <laughs> you guys were actually pretty cool. So yeah, I, I tell people now, like I had, I had probably the coolest childhood that you know you can have in my opinion Nah, man i mean that's the thing like it's when you reflect back and you think and i'm the same i'm like man i was lucky like you know even just yeah as, just as a kid you know because are you are you an only child or i am yeah okay yeah yeah same same here so like even just the the luxury of some of the travel i was able to do yeah as a, as a child like man like can you imagine spending your seventh birthday in Legoland in London? Yeah. <laughs> like, like when I think back, I'm like, yo, that was, like how, that happened. Like I was able, that, that actually happened. Yeah. That was, that was my past. It was amazing. So yeah, no, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, so I'm, cool, I'm, dude. I'm totally with you in that, that appreciate, that appreciation for, you know, the, the life you've lived and, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's wonderful. I mean, obviously you've done, you know, great things. So what hey. is it about gymnastics? So what is it about it that sort of piqued your interest? And, you know, obviously next minute you were doing it six days a week. What was oh, it? Man, what was dude, it? I remember, so it started off with martial arts because I was a martial artist first and uh, I got really good at it. I, I started doing uh, judo. I started with karate and then I did judo and then I did a little bit of just you know, my parents saw that I was getting bullied at school. So they taught me like practical real world defense. And I started doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Krav. And I also did a Jeet, Jeekwondo, which is not a form of uh, combative sport and mixed martial arts. But they put me in that just to learn how to defend myself at school. Mm. And through all this, you know, you start looking for influences and, you know, people to look up to while you're doing this. And I remember the very first time I saw a Jackie Chan movie and he was just doing all these like weird flips and like climbing gates and like flying through like really tight spaces. And I was like, that is so cool. Like that is so awesome. And I remember taking all the cushions off of the couch and <laughs> I was using the springs in the, in the couch to like, you know, jump and do flips onto the cushions. And my parents came downstairs and they were just livid. They were like, what are you doing? And I, I didn't stop. I just kept doing it. Whenever they weren't around, whenever they weren't around, they just, I would do these things. And my parents were like, we gotta, we gotta do something before he kills himself. <laughs> we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta do something. And like I said, my dad was a former gymnast and he started doing some research, trying to find if there was an area where he could put me in some like gymnastics classes. And luckily it just, you know, fate turns out that one of his old teammates in high school was starting a rec program at Temple University in Philadelphia. Uh, he reached out to his friend and he said, yeah, bring him on in. Like, you know, he will get him in some class to see if he's any good. And I went and the coach was like, he's a natural, you know, we should, 
sign him up for classes now and like he's 10 years old this is a great age you know we should just do it and Mm. They put me in classes two days a week um, at that time. I was 10 years old. They put me in classes like two days a week. And by the time I was 12, they were like, all right, like he needs to be on a team. He needs to be competing because he's too good to just be doing these like one day a week classes. And mm. My parents sat me down and they were like, listen, you know, uh, we see that you take an interest in gymnastics, but we can't afford both martial arts and gymnastics. You're going to have to pick one or the other. Mm. And I was like, no, it'd be cool to be a Power Ranger. Why not? Like, yeah, put me in gymnastics. I already got a good foundation in martial arts. Like, I want to learn some flips now. <laughs> uh, and they were like, all right, cool. We'll put you in gymnastics. <laughs> I love that. Priority so Power Ranger. Dude, Power About When I was a kid, man, everything was just the influence of being some sort of superhero of some sort. And I think I was, you know, looking back as a kid, I was like, I'm so sick of being bullied. I just want to be like these like cool superheroes I see on TV and just like flip around the bullies and you know, this and that. It was, I was such a silly kid, man. But that's like what led to it really. It was just literally <laughs> the desire to be a superhero. I'm not even kidding, dude. It was a desire to be a superhero. <laughs> were, were, you, were you one of those kids that uh, would uh, get up at, this is what I would do, get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday and watch WWB network or was it wb cartoons until 11 it was like you know pokemon digimon yes. Yu-Gi-Oh, yes. static shock yeah all the, all the for me <laughs> so for me it wasn't so much i did watch i did watch all of those but for me that wasn't my driving force my driving force was um spider-man and watching all of like the marvel comics here in the states yeah, they nice. came on uh they came on right after school so i would literally man like i'm ta- i'm talking by the time i was i was old enough to kind of walk home and and go to school by myself dude i mm. would sprint home which was about i want to say like a quarter of a mile like i just just a little kid like you would have thought like you know something was wrong like something happened to me as soon as the bell rang i just just took off like i was like i gotta make it home to watch spider-man gotta make it home to watch spider-man and i always got home just in time to watch it but i was Dude, I was I was determined almost every single day. I think that's a, that's not true. I think it came on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I was determined to just make it home to watch Spider Man, dude. That was that was my driving force. <laughs> that was my uh, driving force, dude. That's oh man, that's amazing. You you bringing me bringing back all these memories when I was yeah know, back, back in New York. I was like, oh, man, oh my uh, god, the priorities of kids. Uh, Justice League, the old, uh, the old cartoon, uh, the old yeah, cartoon one. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yep. oh that was Dude, awesome. The priorities of of kids back. <laughs> oh my god, kids, kids these days won't know, dude. One of my friends was so funny. He put up a uh, one of the ninjas, Michael Johnson. He put up a meme uh, earlier today where all, all the ninjas were like, "Oh my god, the kids today have no idea uh, about Power Rangers." And it's so funny we're talking about this now because he was like, he goes. You know, kids of today will never understand the stress of being a child and watching the Green Ranger go bad and give <laughs> all of the, the rest of the Power Rangers the business. And I'm like, oh, you're bringing back so many memories. I'm like, that's when I was the most stressed out as a kid. You know, that's when I was most stressed. I was like, it would be so nice to go back to that just for a little bit, just for a little bit, being so stressed out about something so insignificant. Oh. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, Dude, it was, those were the times. Those were the times. 
<laughs> so, you know, for you, I guess, what was your, your favorite skill, I guess, that you were learning in gymnastics as you were growing up? Oh, man. Uh, was there one in particular? So it, it changed throughout, like, my career. But I think when I was younger, like, when I first started getting into gymnastics, I just wanted to learn how to do flips. I really, I just wanted to learn how to flip around, like, the power ranges. So I, I the floor exercise, like, back handsprings and, you know, back tugs, all that the entry level things of gymnastics I was always so interested in learning I didn't want to do any of the other apparatuses I could I could have cared less about ball and high bar and pommel horse p bars all of those I didn't care about I absolutely hated pommel horse um and then as I got older I started uh just enjoying learning the gymnastic skills in general so I started gravitating towards um vault and having like really you know explosive vaults and I learned very early on that I had a lot of power. I was very blessed with a lot of power in gymnastics. And then towards the end of my career, high bar, horizontal bar was my favorite because I got to fly around. That was really where I, de I developed my love of just flying through the air and was on that, on mm. that apparatus was high bar. Mm. Yeah. Well, Anything was, where I could just fly, it was just, I was like, this is for me. This is what I'm meant to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, boy, do you fly, man. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best, dude. I try my best. My uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, you literally come up with your own airline one day and you just see that big Phoenix <laughs> logo on, on, on the side of a Air 380 well, bus or something. <laughs> man, so, well, you know, that's a funny story, too, because I actually hate airplanes. Oh, really? Dude, it's a it's a running joke in American Ninja Warrior, the producers of... of our ninja just they get me with it every single time but i hate flying on airplanes i i have such a weird strange control phobia when it comes to getting on planes in general <laughs> like i don't I'm, i don't have a fear of heights like obviously like i i love heights if anything like i'm a daredevil in that sense but hmm. there's something about getting on planes that just freak me out dude i don't like it at all i, I hate it i hate it every single time <laughs> is it maybe because it's out of your control and 100 percent. yeah <laughs> absolutely that's absolutely what it is it's completely out of my control something goes wrong there's nothing that i can do to save myself not a thing that i can do so i think that aspect of it and I, it's so irrational but just it, it's 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 just terrible i hate it <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, if you ever have the luxury, I've, I've, I've had this luxury twice in my life of flying first class. And this is all, these are just getting bumped up by, you know, just by, by luck. Yeah. You'll forget it, all your fears when you're in this big, nice chair with this big pillow and you can just relax nope. and fall asleep. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, 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 so I was very lucky season. Um, oh God, what season was it? Um, I'm going to say of season nine, season eight or nine, going to Vegas on my yeah. way to Vegas for the show. And uh, there was a guy in first class. We, me and one of the other ninjas flew together. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking to this, we were talking to this guy at the airport. He was like, Oh, you guys are an American ninja warrior. We were wearing our hoodies. Yeah. And we were telling him about the show and you know, all of this. And he was like, that's so awesome. My daughter loves that show. She's such a huge fan, you know, like telling us like the ninjas. And we were like, yeah, we know them. And, you know, blase, blase. He was going to Vegas for some like work event. Mm. And we were like, well, you know, this is the time that, sh that the show films. If you want to come and check it out with your daughter, please let us know. Like, you know, we come and come and check out the show. And he was like, that's so awesome. Like, you guys are so cool. And we were like, yeah, like, you know, come and come and check us out. So 
we get on the plane and then uh, we found out that our seats had been bumped up to first class. This wow. guy, this guy was the owner of like some club in Vegas that oh, okay. he was going to. He was like the owner and he bumped our seats up for us. Wow. And we sat in first class and the whole time, you know, we're, you know, we're talking and everything, but dude, like the, the plane takes off, I'm gripping the, <laughs> the handle, like the rest, like my life depends on it. I got a forearm pump just from gripping the sides of the, of the freaking like armrest, dude. Like I, I hate it. I hate it, dude. I hate it. Nothing makes it better. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, fair enough. Although maybe if anything, maybe just, maybe you need more comfort, but I guess not. <laughs> dude, I, I, I just, I think it's just, it's just a mind thing I got to get over. It's just, I'm in my head about the fact that the second something goes wrong, well, if something goes wrong, there's just nothing I can do. Like I have to just sit and pray. And I'm like, that's not good enough for me. I need to be able to save myself. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's fair enough. So, yeah. you know, we're coming, you know, obviously you're growing up with gymnastics, uh, you're getting good at it. I think you were almost getting ready for the Olympics and then you had this thing happen to you with your knee. What, what happened? Yeah. What happened there? So, uh, I tore my meniscus and I had a partial tear in my ACL. Um, I was, wow. how old was I at this? I was 16 when it happened. I was 16 years old when it happened. And a meniscus, you, you can go without a meniscus, right? You don't need to have surgery on a torn meniscus, but an ACL was the, the worry. And uh, I remember talking to my coach about it and he was like, well, you know, you could kiss. I mean, he was like, you can kiss 2008 Olympics goodbye, basically, if you do that. And, and I was like, all right, um, well, let me just like rehab it and, you know, try and see if there's any way to heal this thing. Maybe it'll heal on its own. It's only partially torn. Who knows? Like, we'll see what we can do. So I took the rest of the season off. Well, I still compete at nationals, but I took, I, I think I only competed maybe two or three meets that, that season. Uh, I only did like two or three meets. And next season I was like, okay, you know, my, uh, yeah, it was my senior year. I was like, yeah, my senior year, I'm just going to come back full force. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to do everything. I'm sorry, my junior year. I was like, my junior year, I'm going to come back. I'm a full force. This, at this point, it's 2008. Um, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, Olympic team, Olympic, you know, team trials and all of this and senior national team and all of these requirements that I need to be able to qualify to go to the Olympic trials. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm just going to come back full force. I'm going to pull out all of my, my biggest, you know, skills that I've never competed before just to, to see. And in practice, uh one week before nationals where they pick the uh, junior national team and senior national team to be able to go to these international competitions to then go to the olympic trials mm. um one week before this very important meet this all important meet i completely just ruptured my knee just completely blew it out one week before and i'm devastated like i'm i'm completely and totally just devastated at this point wow um so I kind of gave up on gymnastics for a good year after that. I gave up on gymnastics for a year, just tried to just weigh my options and just see. And then, you know, I was talking to some coaches. I was being recruited by Ohio State and Oklahoma at the time, which were like very prestigious, prestigious colleges for men's gymnastics, like one of two, literally the two top gymnastics uh, teams. So they were recruiting me and they were like, well, you know, 
we've had athletes go through this before. Like we've seen some incredible athletes like come back from this and make it to the Olympics. We believe that you can do that. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, it's nice to have some support, you know I mean? This is mm. awesome. Like very cool. Mm. So uh, these coaches, head coaches, they stayed in touch with me pretty much the whole time, the, the whole time. And they were like, look, we can set you up here, you know, get you on the team after you've healed and you've done your rehab and everything. And let's start, you know, training for the, you know, 2012 Olympics, you know, let's, let's look towards that. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. Like we're going to do this. This is, this is my comeback. So I started training in 2010, uh, started getting all my skills back. And by now, this is like two years after my injury, two yeah. or three years after my injury. And I'm, you know, getting all my skills back, finally kind of getting back on my feet and I'm making some real headway. And then I'm set to do my very first competition in three years um, on the elite level. And I wasn't going to school at that time yet, but I was going to compete at the elite level with the, one of the coaches. I had made that decision in my mind. And uh, two months before my very first competition uh, in 2011, blew out my knee again. <laughs> uh, blew out my knee again, dude. And I'm like, all right, like, I, I can't keep going through this. I was like, I, I literally can't keep going through this. The level of torture that you have to be willing to, I, I feel like people don't really understand this unless they've actually been there. I'm sure Olivia understands it better than anyone, but the amount of torture you have to be willing to put your body through just to make it or have a chance of making it to the Olympics is something that is so it's so mind wrenching at the, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the time that you're going through, because they're like, is this really worth it? Is this, am, am I, when am I really doing this for ultimately? And I had lost that, you know, I, mm -hmm. to me, it wasn't worth it anymore. I couldn't remember why I was even doing it. And I was like, all right, like, I want to be able to walk when I'm in my thirties, you know, I don't want to have to walk with a limp by the time I'm like 40 years old. So Man. I was like, I just, I got to give it up. You know, it's just not, it wasn't meant to be. So that was how it ended. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, like, what now? Like, what do oh, we, well, what do we do imagine. now? You know, it was, dude, it's so weird. It's life after dedicating your life to a sport for, you know, the mass majority of your living life. It's like, well, once it's over, you, it's so weird. <laughs> so it is so bizarre living life after, after that commitment, you know, it's, it's weird, dude. Mm, yeah. I can, I can only imagine. I mean, the only thing I can, I guess, relate to in that sense is maybe having studied something and putting work in for many years, realizing after, as I'm trying to get into this industry, uh, that, you know, I'm not happy and I couldn't understand why. And I put in yeah, all this effort yeah. and work in, and it was, it was quite depressing to think I've just wasted, you know, three years of my life. I've sacrificed, uh, yeah. I, 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 not only have I studied, but you know, I've been doing all these placements for years, you know, no parties, no this, da, 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 da. and then I get yeah. into this industry and I go, Oh, I don't like it. What am yeah, I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only thing I can sort of, I can, I can, I can sort of connect that with, but uh, yeah, obviously it's I, very similar. It's very, it's very similar in that. And just that kind of like shell shocking moment. The only, mm. the only difference is you have that luxury of, of deciding that you want to get out versus being forced out. Forced, before exactly. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's the yeah. only, that's the only difference. It's like, it's very mind. It's just, it, it twists and turns your minds in so many different directions of like just purpose. And you know, like what was the point of all of this? And, Mm. it sends you into a depression man like it mm. i've 
so many of, of my friends who and my former teammates who have had to do life without gymnastics after it was over, we've always found ourselves like, man, you were depressed. Like, I, were, I mean, me and my teammates have these conversations all the time. It's like, yeah, dude, I was so depressed. Like, I was having these thoughts and those thoughts. And it's so common, man. It's, I th- and I think that goes with any sport, not just gymnastics, but it's so common for people, I think, to just like lose sight of purpose, like, you know, mm. once these things are over. Well, I guess, like you said, like your tunnel vision focusing on this goal. Yes. It's, it's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing else around you except this, this, this one thing. And then if it's ripped from you, it's like, well, yeah, what, like you weren't looking at anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I totally understand. And and I can imagine how hard, I can imagine how hard that was. So I was reading before about how you sort of came across Ninja. Oh, no. So you went back to martial arts. Sorry. You went, you went back. Yeah. 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 Yep. And did you did you study anything new? I, I, you mentioned before you did Krav Maga, I think. Did you? Did yeah, you Krav. I did. I did Krav. Um, just more so for just practical world, uh, real world self defense. Yeah. Um, but you know, I remember. I just remember being at the time. So I went into this really, really bad depression after gymnastics was over. I just like I'm like, what do I do now? Like I, you know, I like what do I do? Like, I I literally don't know what to do. And I just remember being so angry, just like such an angry kid at the time. I was only 21. I was just, I had literally no purpose in my mind. I felt like I had no purpose. I was just angry. I was angry at the world. Mm. And I remember, uh, you know, still living in Philly, you know, living uh, in an area that's not like the, the greatest. And I just remember walking down the street, man, and just hoping something was going to happen you know what I mean and then when I when I realized that that was my train of thought I was like like this is not good I'm gonna have to I gotta figure something out like this is not a way to live you know what I mean walking down the street and just hoping that something happens you know what I mean so once I realized I was having those thoughts um I reached out to some of my old martial arts uh instructors from when I was a kid and they were like yeah like come on in like you know we we have new gyms one of my old instructors were was actually just starting to train MMA fighters and he actually uh trained Holly Holm uh oh, she, wow. she was training in the area so uh he was like come on out man like you know like we're we got a cage like you know I you know love to see you it's been a long time you know I'm proud of everything you've done so long story short went to went there and started falling in love with martial arts again it kind of got me out of uh this really dark depression that I was having at the time and yeah I started uh training I started training wrestling because I had never done wrestling before I had horrible ground like horrible ground work so I started doing some wrestling uh went back to judo started doing judo uh, judo and kickboxing Mm. um and I started very low-key started training to be a sparring partner for ufc um hopefuls so i started about two years before ninja before i found ninja year two years before i found ninja i started being a sparring partner um never really had any aspirations to get into ufc but i loved sparring i loved being a sparring partner so that's kind of like where my journey led to in martial arts once i came back there Mm. it was fun it was it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it it was a uh there's a lot of really weird, ma- I can't even say macho because the girls are just as badass as we are, you know what I mean, <laughs> in, in martial arts. So it's just so much, um, I don't even know the right word for it, just so much like grit and camaraderie amongst fighters. 
All right, we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. Looking to start training like a ninja warrior or take your training to the next level? Well, look no further than Aussie Group. Aussie Grip provides superior training grips made from pure polyurethane with stainless steel hardware that is corrosion resistant. And they provide free domestic shipping. Aussie Grip are the leading innovators of training grips in Australia. If you are ready to become a Ninja Warrior, use the code KADIM10 for 10% off your next purchase using the link in the show notes. Um which was like really cool to be a part of, especially someone like me that just needed to be able to get that anger and aggression out in a constructive way. So I credit a lot of, you know, Ninja, although Ninja did that for me as well, but I credit a lot of the rebuilding of um, that part of me that I lost after gymnastics. I give so much of that credit to martial arts. Yeah, and that's, and that's fair enough. Obviously, it was there. Yeah. It, was, it was there right after. and you know, that, Right after, exactly. Something about punching a bag or maybe, you know, even just sparring, it, it's quite uh, an exhilarating yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. feeling. It's a, it's a great way to get out frustration, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so whenever, whenever anyone, you know, a lot, especially my friends and, like, family members, I'm, I feel like I'm at the age now where people come to me for advice, especially after everything that I've been to. Mm. um been through but i feel like i always take people to um the gym with me and we'll go hit the bag and you know i'll do some uh sparring sessions with them and it just works man it's, I, I tell everyone look you got something you want to get off your chest just go hit a bag just go to the gym and hit the bag <laughs> oh man so uh what was it about ninja so i think someone recommended it to you what is it that sort yeah. of sparked what what was it that sparked that that flame again for you when you when you when you looked into it? So I was just chilling at home, uh, watching TV, and I happened to turn on Ninja Warrior just very um, spontaneously. Just turned it on, and I was watching it. I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And I still remember the very first person that was on was uh, Flip Rodriguez, <laughs> and he was just flying, man. I was like, "This is dope!" Like, what? Like, what was that? You know, it's so cool mm. and. They were actually in the middle of doing a, um, just doing like the best runs of the season so far. I guess the season was was on currently, mm. and it was right before they went to Vegas, and they mm. were doing a best of the season so far. So I got to see all of these like really cool um, uh, athletes do these things. I was like, this is awesome! It caught my attention. Um, so I, I ended up watching the rest of the summer and it was stage two and then out of nowhere one of my old teammates from gymnastics dan galazinski he popped up on tv and i'm like what? wait what <laughs> <laughs> i know that guy i did gymnastics with him and my friends are like whatever i'm like no i did gymnastics with that guy look here look at the picture <laughs> so um yeah it just piqued my interest and i ended up reaching out to him and i'm like dude like since when are you on tv like this is so awesome you know and i ended up uh asking him i'm like hey do you think it's possible i can you know come and, and check this out with you sometime he's like yeah i'm in the process of actually building my gym so went to his gym and i absolutely sucked dude i didn't make i didn't do anything the first time now i think about it and i didn't even get the salmon ladder at all that entire day uh could not understand the salmon ladder whatsoever it took me like 10 attempts on the work ball just to commit to doing it i couldn't do it um yeah dude it was it was it was awful dude it was 
it was awful. So, uh, yeah, that happened. And then I just remember being hooked after that. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm better than this. Like, I'm an athlete. I should be able to do this. So I just started going back. I, w- I went back almost every single uh, weekend after that. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't it funny? Yeah. Like, whenever you think back to your first ever ninja experience, you go, my God, I was horrible. Like, <laughs> it's just, I mean, like everyone, I think everyone has that has that has that experience i don't think i don't don't think i've met someone that's gone yeah yeah you know i was just cruising it like you know this was great um it's so funny alessia barclay stockett who just posted a video of her crushing the salmon ladder her very first day ever doing ninja and i'm like all right all right show off you know (laughs) (laughs) there are there are some ninjas who are just super naturally gifted their very first time i was not one of them (laughs) i was not one of those (laughs) oh man that's hilarious so you know yeah you and i think you know you had that defining moment i think that happens with with, you know quite a lot of people so it's you experience it you probably you know you found it a bit tough but you either choose to go you know what i want to i want to try this i want to keep going with it or you give up so you you know and i find there's a lot of people who have that moment and you know a lot of people give up and obviously there's people like us who who, who, who keep going. So, you know, you kept going. What was there certain obstacles that you started to just get really good at, or were there certain, some that you, you were still struggling with or, or, or what was happening leading up to the first season for you? Um, so leading up, it's, I'm well, really glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up because, um, I actually did have that moment of almost giving up in Ninja. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was right before, um, one of my friends convinced me to try out for it. It was like right before, and I was watching, I went to the gym doing this open gym session and one of the coaches started a, like, like he just started an obstacle course. He was like, Hey guys, we're going to put together an obstacle obstacle course. Anyone who wants to try it, like come on over and and do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, like this looks fun. I'd love to do it. Like, that's why I'm here. I like to learn Ninja. Right. So I failed every single obstacle. I failed every single one. Um, I think I made maybe three or four moves on the cliffhanger before I fell. Um, nothing, literally. I, I failed everything. And I just remember being so just beat down and just humbled because I was like, I like should be able to do this. And then I watched other people go mm. completely crushing this course, like made it look so easy. And I'm just like, you know what? Like there's a sport for everyone. Maybe this just isn't for me like I I wasn't used to sucking at something <laughs> like <laughs> at that time I wasn't I was not used to being bad at something so mm-hmm. I was like maybe it's just isn't for me you know and I was like yeah it's just not for me like whatever like I'll, I'll still have fun swinging around the bars and like doing like the bar star stuff mm. um and I was like yeah I'll just I'll continue doing that and then I remember it was Chris Wolcheski who is one of my best friends um now but he really took me under his wing he was like dude like i've seen you do stuff and he was like listen no one gets this their first try like it has taken a lot of us years everyone who did this course has been here for like three years Mm. you have been coming in for like a total of maybe like three or four days so (laughs) he was like just look man stick stick with it he was like i do you know privates like just 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 stick with it come and train with me and, and the guys he like he really took me under his wing and I was like, that's cool. Like, that's, that's really nice. Like you didn't have to do that, you know? And 
I did. I started training with him and that was also how I met uh, Jamie Ron and Mike Bernardo, uh, you know, Noel Reyes. That was how all those OG ninjas, that was how I met them was through Chris. And all of those guys just kind of pulled me in and they started putting me through courses that were at my level, but very intelligently pushing me so that I would continue to get stronger. They mm. really took me under their wing. And I think it was the camaraderie and just how awesome those guys were to this newcomer at the time that made me stick with it. It wasn't mm. anything necessarily that I was doing that I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting good at this because I didn't feel like that until after probably my first year in Ninja. I, I don't think I started like looking at myself as like, I can do Ninja until like probably a year later. Mm. Uh, it was the camaraderie. It was literally how close all of the ninjas were and just how willing they were to just bring in this newcomer, someone they didn't, you know, have to give it any time to, uh, that made me stick with it. I was like, if nothing else, I want to just keep coming back because I feel like these guys are really cool and I would love to, you know, be in their little circle. So mm. I think it was that. No, that's awesome. I think, you know, yeah. and it's, it's that camaraderie obviously that, that can, you know, bring myself from Australia, uh, yeah from america but you know moved to australia and then us chatting now like just the fact that the community is just it's so large but it's still or not like it's, it's so uh you know far apart and far and wide but yeah. still no yep. matter what you know we can come together and, and 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 chat uh you know being on the other side of the world so it's it's yeah. quite, it's quite remarkable so coming into your first season uh i think it was season was it six was it was six wasn't it seven seven sorry how how were you feeling you know were you feeling confident were you feeling anxious Uh, oh my god what what was what was what was going on for you I literally like I lied to you not my thought was I had so many different emotions in the back of my mind I was like I think I can do this and and (laughs) in the front of my mind the only thing I was thinking of like why am I even here? Like, I do <laughs> not, I, I have no business being here right now. So all of the guys that I have been training with, uh, Noel Reyes, um, Mike Bernardo, uh, I also met Michelle Warnke at the taping season seven at that time. And so many of these other just like amazing guys. And then Joe Morosky was there. That was the very first time I met him. And I just remember looking at all of them go and I'm just like, if they're having this much trouble, then I don't have a chance. Like <laughs> I do not, I don't have a, a shot. Uh, Cause at that time I wasn't really hardcore training yet. You know, I had mm. honestly gotten the call just on a whim. Like when I competed or I'm sorry, when I even applied to the show that year, it was just because my friend convinced me to do it. He was like, you should do it. Like, why not? What have you got to lose? And mm. I honestly did not think I was going to get called. I was like, why would I get called to be on a TV show? Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll put a, I'll put a video in just to get you off my back, (laughs) but you know, like it's not going to happen. And then I got called, then I got called for the show. And I just remember saying, Oh, I really need to go to the gym now. And I was only going maybe like two days, two days a week, maybe at the time I was only going two days a week leading up to the show. And I felt like I had a decent amount of um, training under my belt to get through city qualifiers I knew I didn't have a chance outside of that but I was mm. like I should be able to do well in the city qualifiers and then we got there and yeah I started looking at the obstacles and looking at all of these ninjas that I had been training with 
mm. really struggling with it. And then looking at um, the ninjas that I just knew from watching them on TV were also having trouble. I was like, yeah, I have no business here. Like I have no business here. I have no shot. So I'd already kind of defeated myself in that purpose. But mm. yeah, I, I got up on that platform and I said, all right, let's, let's just see what <laughs> happens. And it was the worst performance I think I've ever had, ever, ever, ever had. It was awful. It was awful. So, so, cause I was reading, I think you said, you, you know, you, you went out on the third obstacle or maybe the fourth. Went out, on a, went out on the third obstacle. So at that time it was still the quintuple steps. It wasn't the ascending uh, steps that was still just the regular uh, quintuple steps. And I remember uh, not knowing how I wanted to do them. I didn't know if I wanted to jump and stick to it and then jump to the next one and stick to mm. it. I didn't know if I wanted to do the three step. I knew yeah. I wasn't doing the one step. I knew I wasn't going to do the one step, but mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I got on there and I'm I, immediately, they go three, two, one, go. And I went and then I remember right before I jumped on the step, I realized that I didn't have a plan. I realized that I didn't have a plan and I just went with it. And dude, I'm tripping on the steps. Like I just look, I look like I have no idea what I'm doing on this first obstacle. No idea. So I'm tripping all through the steps and I jump to the plat. I jump to the rope to go to the platform and I like barely grabbed the rope. I like, I think I like, I don't even know what I did. I like grabbed it. I don't know. Um, I like barely grabbed it though. The second obstacle was the falling log. Um, so wrap myself around it. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I just got to hold on. Yeah. Hold on to the falling log. And there was a point when you were supposed to dismount and kind of like toss yourself to the side. Mm. I didn't do that. So I held onto the log, made it to the platform, put my feet down, but I was still holding onto the log. Mm. And this thing weighs like at least like close to 60, 70 pounds, at least close to that. And it starts pulling me back into the, mm. like back onto the track. I'm like, oh no, I gotta let go. So I let go and I try to like crouch and like grab the platform, which I do, but then the log, I have to duck and it like bumps me in the head. Oh as I, as it's you know going back behind me so i pulled myself on the platform and then it was snake crossing and the obstacle to my to, to my credit uh it was covered in ice i was competing at Ooh. like four in the morning so and it was like dude it was like mid to low 30s outside uh oh. 30 degrees so I just remember getting on the obstacle and I had no traction on this balance obstacle at all. None. I put my foot on and as I'm putting my, my, as I'm taking my steps, my feet are literally sliding. They're oh, sliding on the obstacle. That's horrible. And yeah, I had, I was like, all right, like there's no way I'm getting through this. Like there's literally no way. So I think I made like a last ditch effort just to like jump to the platform. Mm. And if you've ever seen, I don't know if you've ever seen that, well i'm sure you have but that very famous video of the cat that's like standing in the window and it looks like he wants to like jump to something and he just like goes like this and goes nowhere his feet just go out that was me <laughs> that was me i made this jump this like big just like leap for the platform and i went nowhere my feet just like slipped right from oh man oh uh, man i'm so glad they didn't show that on tv that season i was like I think I remember just sitting at home, just praying they wouldn't show that run. Like, Please don't show that run. Please don't show that run. And they didn't. I was so happy. I think I'm one of the only contestants in American Ninja Warrior history that did not want their run to be shown. It's <laughs> like, please don't show my run. Please don't show my run. Oh, man. Well, I can say 
I, I had that same feeling for me in Australia on season two. It was, it, was, it was a DQ on the third obstacle. And I was like, oh. my whole, my whole, and I made it across, but I touched it. Well, you weren't allowed to touch it with your hand. And oh, I, I, that's the worst. And we were made, we were put into teams. Like they were trying to do this whole state versus state thing. It was really stupid, but whatever. <laughs> my, my, my whole team hit buzzers except me. So I was like, it was oh. just like, it was like a double whammy. And it was like, how do you feel? You try to feel happy for people, but it's like, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, man. I, so I, I know how you I feel. Understand that. Yeah. But um, so with that, obviously, because I was reading, I was reading your um, your record. So what what for you happened? What was there a switch? Because obviously, you, you came Pretty next much. season and you just you carved up. So like, what? Yeah. What stopped you from giving up again? I, I, if you remember, um, if I remember, um. I, I remember, I just remember as soon as I left, just being like, I think I was just embarrassed. Like I was like, you know, I, I take so much pride in being this like high level athlete in, in one world mm. so that when I came over to American Ninja Warrior, there was a side of me that was like, I'll admit I was to a sense, a little arrogant. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm an, I'm, I wasn't like almost an Olympic level gymnast. Like this should be easy. Like there's, mm. there's one of those everywhere you go and I was unfortunately one of those <laughs> I was unfortunately one of them I have no problem admitting it admitting it because I got so humbled mm. um when I got into sport I was like I should be like this looks easy like I should be able to do this like mm. I could do a freaking iron cross and like Maltese for like almost 30 seconds like I should be fine <laughs> doing this stuff um yeah no it wasn't the case man it wasn't the case at all and I think after season as at season seven my first season i think i was so embarrassed that i was like i cannot leave this way like i have to prove myself not just not to anyone else but just to myself like mm. i am an athlete like i i know i'm capable of this stuff like i have to make a better showing so i think i just looked at that as an opportunity to just have something to work towards like have some sort of goal to something to train for because up up to that moment I really didn't have anything to train for like my gymnastics career was over um I had realized that I had no aspiration in terms of you know being a competitive MMA fighter you know I knew I didn't want to do that like so I wasn't necessarily like training to do anything in MMA other than just stay in shape Mm. Um, so Ninja kind of presented that opportunity for me just to have something to train for, have something to, some sort of goal to work towards. Mm. Um, and I think that was the moment that that switch went off because once I started looking at it that way, that was when I was like, no, I need to train. Like, let me figure out how to set up this training regimen where it's similar to gymnastics. Obviously I worked in gymnastics. How can I apply everything I've learned in my 11 years of doing gymnastics and apply it to Ninja to hopefully take me somewhere. Mm. And, um, I did, I, I sat down with Chris Wolcheski and he started training me. He was like my, he was strictly my coach. And yeah, by the time season eight came around a year later, I was like a completely different Ninja, completely wow. different. Ninja. That's amazing. And I, you know, credit yeah. to you for, you know, turning on that switch because you know i feel bad for a lot of new ninjas you know i only had this lesson or clarity three years into doing ninja of yeah okay, there's things i need there's things i need to to rethink and yeah. 
and I feel bad for a lot of new ninjas because they come in and, you know, it's they're a lot of them are intimidated and they go, oh, you know, this is not for me. I'm going to give up without realizing, no, you like none of us yeah. have, have just come in and destroyed. I think maybe one, one kid, one person in American Ninja Warrior history, I think it was last season. I don't remember his name, but he, you know, went from rookie to stage three. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but even then, how, how many years how, how was he training beforehand? I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. But I think you know it's really important that you accept that we all make mistakes, and and you can redeem yourself from them. Absolutely. So I'm, yep. I'm, I'm really glad you know you you know you said all those things. It's like it's like your whole your whole life's just a big series of life lessons and and it's oh it's, my it's god awesome. dude <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's literally that's, yeah no that's a perfect description of my life it's just like one from one stage of my life all the way to the next stage it's like every moment some sort of like huge life lesson yeah that's amazing. it really is that's the for me one of the greatest things about ninja warrior is like the symbolism of overcoming obstacles i mean by now it's it's almost cliche to say but it really is like if you if you look at Ninja Warrior as a symbol of everything that you can overcome in just your everyday life or your regular life or whatever it is, whatever problem, whatever obstacle you have in front of you, if you can figure out how to get over that obstacle, then there's really nothing that you have to be afraid of. Like that's for mm-hmm. me over the years, like obviously I didn't have that same thought um, starting out, but mm-hmm. now like that's how I look at American Ninja Warrior. And whenever I see new ninjas come in now that get discouraged, I try to help them kind of have that vision when they are doing American Ninja Warrior, you know, look at it as a symbol of all of the things that you can do outside of the gym. Look at it as a symbol of all the things that you're able to accomplish in your own life and mm-hmm. use that to motivate you in here when, you know, in, in American Ninja Warrior, the sport or Ninja Warrior in general, wherever you're from, um, I love helping newer ninjas try to see it from that perspective. I think it's really powerful for them to be able to turn it, um, turn that thought of like, oh, I'm just not made for this and turn it on to something bigger of like, you know what? Yeah. Like that's a cool way of looking at it. Like, why do I, why, why should I quit? Because something's hard. Like I should just keep going and prove to myself that I'm capable of overcoming obstacles. Mm, No, a hundred percent, man. You, pretty much nailed it on the head i'm conscious of your time because i realize now how late it is and i oh, could probably, good, man. I could, I could probably i could probably talk to you for hours so i mean <laughs> there's, there's 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 so much to unpack um but uh i have questions from people i will get to them but i, I gotta i gotta know some of these things so yeah, man, absolutely. Coming, coming uh so coming into your uh so season eight and obviously season nine was just st- stupidly season good that was my break yeah was, that was my breakout year for sure what for you um, I guess what for you did you have to go and start to work on for you then to unlock that I guess that just next level for you what was your what was your I guess key 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 obstacles or key fundamentals that you had to master so to get to the level you're at I've gone through so many different transitions of my ninja career but going into season nine to answer that question I feel like the thing I tapped into was just enjoying doing ninja Mm because up until I got to season nine, I never really hardcore looked at ninja as like a something I did just for fun in a way Mm -hmm. like season, you know, my very first season, it was just like, and like, this is the 
the introduction to Ninja. Like, do I like it? Is it for me? So that was how season seven was. And then season eight was, all right, you know, screw that. We need to go prove ourselves. Like, get it together. You know, let's let's get serious now. And then season nine was like, all right, like, you know, I did my thing last year. I did what I what I had set out to do, which was prove myself. And now it's like, let's just have fun. Let's just see what, what we're capable of. And that was one of the best uh, mental, um, I think that was my best mental state in terms of just how I look at Ninja. Like that was one of the best places I've ever been in other than this current season mentally. So I think it was so I think it was more so I was just able to just enjoy myself and I didn't take anything too seriously I like everything I did was just purely out of like hmm, I wonder if I'm capable of doing that and then I did it you know yeah. what I mean I, I never like look at any looked at anything like I have to do that or I never looked at anything like oh man like if I don't do this like then this is going to show this and this is going to mean that like I didn't have any of those feelings season nine it was literally like just enjoy the moment bro just go and do your thing and have fun like this is such a huge like accomplishment to even make it here and just even be here so just go have just go have a good time mm. and that was like a show you know at season nine I just I, I had that mindset and I was able to just knock so many like things off my list that I didn't even realize were on my list at that time you know I made it past stage two that year in Vegas and then I got to stage three and that's when I realized I wasn't strong enough for stage three. Um, I just simply wasn't strong enough to do that stage at that point in my career, mm. but everything else, it was just like, yeah, like, let's just see what we're capable of. I think I can fly that far. I think I can make it to that wing nut. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I think it was just, I think season nine was just about enjoying it. That was, that was what unlocked that level for me. Just learning how to enjoy the sport. Mm. And obviously, almost, do you feel you felt like you carried that over into season ten? Obviously, it was uh, you know, not. No, wasn't wasn't not, yes, yes and no. So season ten, I felt like season ten was the very first time I started feeling pressure. So okay. I had gotten rid of the whole underdog kind of you know scenario of my career at that point. Now people know like, hey, like this is a strong athlete. Like he's probably going to win or he's probably going to make it to stage three. You know, mm -hmm. like he's probably going to be one of the top guys. Like this was the, now this was the, the look that I had. This was the image that I had, you know, Ninja really put a spotlight on me, which I'm so grateful for. I'm so, so mm -hmm. grateful for it, but I wasn't able to handle it yet. I hadn't learned how to handle that kind of spotlight in Ninja because I was still so new to it at the time. I mean, I'm only at this point, like, three years in, you know, season 10, I'm, I'm, I'm only three years in really. So it's mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you handle like having the spotlight of this is one of the top guys, like look mm -hmm. out for him. Cause I didn't feel that way yet. I didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. So, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I had gotten rid of, you know, now we're doing this for fun. And then season 10 turned into, okay, like now we need to like not let people down. Now we need to like make sure that like, we're not like a fluke. Like, I don't want to be a fluke, you know, like, mm. we need to make sure like, that doesn't happen. So still did well season 10, I made it up the, the 18 foot and I, I finished my very first city finals. That was a huge accomplishment, but then season, oh, I'm sorry, stage two, uh, and Vegas came around and that's when they had the water walls and yeah, it was devastating. Yeah. That was one of the, that was, I had been beating myself up 
pretty much the entire trip because I knew that that was going to be something that was going to play a factor. I knew I was going to have a problem making it through stage one. I knew I wasn't going to have a problem making it past the wing nuts. It was pretty much the exact same course from mm. uh, the previous season, pretty much the same exact course. So I knew I had the strength and the endurance to make it past those obstacles. But then, you know, the water walls came up and I'm like, like, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't train for that. Like I have asthma. Like I don't, like I literally need to breathe. Like how, yeah, yeah, yeah. how can I hold my breath and expect to, to make it through this? So I, uh, I was terrified personally. I was, I just remember being so scared because I know how my, how my uh, wind feels by the time I make it to the end of stage one, by the time I make it to the end of stage two, like I've been there before. So I know what it feels like. Mm. And there was a part of me where I was like, man, like, I just don't, I just don't know, you know? And then I got there and the, what I was afraid to have happened ended up happening. I had an asthma attack because I was holding my breath. That's how mm. asthma uh, attacks come on. It's because your heart, your heart is beating so fast and you're not able to get enough oxygen in. So mm. it sends all of these panic signals to your brain that your body's in danger. And then that's when the asthma attacks really happen. And then you can't breathe. You really mm. can't breathe. Um, so that was what happened. I'm like, well, this wow. sucks, man. Like, you know, I, I made it to stage three last year. I didn't make it this year. Like this thing. And yeah, it was, I don't think that even if I did have fun with it and I had that mindset of having fun, I, I still think that result would have happened anyway, because that became a health issue and not so much like a, a mental issue was a health issue, but how I handled it, mm. uh, I wish I had had that like, let's have fun mindset. Cause it would have been so much easier to handle. I remember when I fell on stage three, I came out of the pool laughing, smiling, like this was so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and this, and in this particular season, season 10, when I fell at the water walls, I came out of the water and I was just like, I just felt like I let everyone down. I felt like I had let myself down. I felt, I just felt like there were so many negatives in terms of failing versus positives that season. And it was really, that was really hard to deal with mm. really hard. Yeah. I can only imagine. So did that fear maybe of the, of the, the water obstacle um, or, or the debt of everything you were saying, did, did you feel that carried over into season 11? Cause I remember you saying throughout that season, you know, you, you, you weren't feeling yeah. your, your best and, and, yeah. Yeah. I season 11. Um, it wasn't so much. I, just, I hadn't gotten over it. <laughs> it yeah, sounds so okay. weird. It sounds, it sounds so weird to say, but like, I just felt like I hadn't truly gotten over it yet. I hadn't gotten over that. Like now we're, now we're in a new season and I have to, I can put all these things behind me. Now it was more of a, like, I don't think I'll be able to live up to season. I'll be able to live up to season nine. Like, I just don't think I'll be able to do it. So I kind of went into this like self-sabotaging kind of mindset season, season 11, where I was like, you know, like just go out there and just do your best. Like, you know, whatever happens happens. But in the back of my mind, I was just like, you know, it's not like you're going to win anyway, or it's like, it's not like you're going to do as good as you did season uh 11 anyway so just go like do your best and see what happens so mm. um i had gone into this like huge self-sabotaging uh frame of mind and i think 
that whole season, it was just more so about survive, just find a way to survive, um, which luckily I did. Um, I had a horrible season, but I was able to get through season, ele- season 11 and it was kind of cleansing in a way. I think I needed to go through that process of just having like a truly terrible year to be able to put things in perspective Mm. and just wipe the slate clean I know that's weird to say I know people won't understand that but like sometimes you just you need to go now this is about to sound super cliche but sometimes (laughs) you need to go through hell to get to heaven you know what I mean like like I needed to reach the lowest point of my ninja career in order to be able to rebuild myself from like the ground up like I needed that to happen and it worked like I this season going into season 12 like under the circumstances that it happened Mm. the mindset that I had this year was so similar to see it wasn't on exactly like season nine but it was the closest to season nine that I've ever had Mm. and I was able to hold I'm able to hold on to the experiences I wish I could talk about season 12 but it hasn't like completely (laughs) aired yet but I'm able to hold on to so many good experiences from this season, you know, despite whatever happened. And that wouldn't have happened had season 11 not happened. Yeah. Well, I just, I literally, I just just watched your, your run on a a YouTube, man. That was, that's a dope looking course, man. Those new, what what do they call the, I mean, obviously they're like uh, honeycombs. I'm assuming that's probably what they call Yeah. That's what they're called. Honeycombs. Of course they are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was, that was wicked. Um, I'm so excited for people to see this season. This was for me, one of my favorite, I did a Q and a uh, yesterday where people were asking me like, what's your favorite course and what are your favorite, you know, season? Mm. Like, honestly, it's, it's this season. It was everything that I did this season. I can't tell you guys because it hasn't all aired yet. I know. <laughs> pretty much everything from this season. So yeah, um, I remember the obstacles were so awesome so basically what they did is they just took all of the the new obstacles from the cities that would have filmed had COVID not happened and just put them in one spot here oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah which is which is awesome which is phenomenal for us because we all get to experience these really really cool obstacles and see all these really really cool obstacles in real time which mm. normally we don't get to do normally each season we get to experience maybe two new obstacles on a qualifying and city finals course. Maybe mm. normally it's just repeats of, you know, another, another city's obstacles from the previous season with, with maybe one new addition, yeah. but we've seen them before. This was the very first season where there were just multiple, multiple obstacles that none of us had ever seen. None of <laughs> us. No one had any beta. No one had any like tips like, yeah, you should try it like this because we were all experiencing them for the very first time, which was really cool and really fun. Oh man, it was epic. I, I mean, especially that little move you did on the uh, honeycomb on the middle one, you got caught. Yes. Oh shoot. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to go back. I'm going to wind up my legs. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. That, was, that, was, that was brilliant. <laughs> it, was, it was so, it was so weird. Cause like I had already decided I didn't want to go for time. I had already yeah. decided I didn't want to go for time. So we had um, everyone, I remember watching everyone, we were all like practicing like the kind of like mimicking the obstacle on how we should like move our bodies over in the warm up area. Mm. And uh, I remember seeing from the back, like we had this little TV monitor and we were watching each other. 
um, I remember watching so many ninjas like get to it and they don't show like obviously all of this is edited right so they don't mm. really show like the struggle but there were so many ninjas who got there and were just like uh, uh, like fighting mm. it like really trying to turn this thing mm. and it, it was taking some ninjas like forever to do it like because mm. they were just fighting it and I was like you know like I think this is an obstacle where you just need to be a little bit more collected you know what I mean mm. like, like not try to fight the obstacle so much and just kind of like go with the motion of it yeah so all right we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors looking to start training like a ninja warrior or take your training to the next level well look no further than aussie grip aussie grip provides superior training grips made from pure polyurethane with stainless steel hardware that is corrosion resistant and they provide free domestic shipping Aussie Grip are the leading innovators of training grips in Australia. If you are ready to become a Ninja Warrior, use the code KADIM10 for 10% off your next purchase using the link in the show notes. With the exception, with the exception of my run, um, oh no, I take that back. My run and maybe three other ninjas that entire night, we were the only ones I, feel, I think, I think, I could be wrong. I think that didn't have an edited version of how long it actually took to go off that obstacle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Nah, man, it was such it was a cool awesome. little cool little move. Yeah. And I was like, I recognize how clever it was and what you did and how you, how you utilized your body's sort of momentum yeah. uh, to, to let that do the work for you. I think that's the thing. I think that's what I've learned personally, especially being, you know, I'm uh, five foot two, so not, not the tallest athlete. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you have to start to think, how can you make the obstacle do the work for yeah. you? Yeah. Yep. You know, because it's like. That's okay, literally well. my style, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally, that is literally my, my whole approach to Ninja is how can I do the least amount of work possible? Like mm. I see so many Ninjas, like you were just like mentioning, like I'm, I would consider myself a smaller guy compared to the other ninjas like on the show like i think i'm one of the smaller ones uh i watch guys just completely muscle through obstacles and just like their bodies around like adam rell is a great example like he just and he's very fluid don't get me wrong mm. like he, the guy flows on these obstacles he makes them look effortless but the amount of energy i feel like he exerts on some of these obstacles i'm just like yeah no i'm not doing that <laughs> i'm not i'm not doing that so my approach has always been how can I just do the least work possible? You know what I mean? I just feel like that works for, especially for smaller guys. Mm. Well, one day maybe I'll uh, get to the uh, Lachey distance. You can, I, I, I might have to, <laughs> <laughs> my arms might still be back there. But I'll just try and catch it with my teeth or something. <laughs> it's all, I tell people all the time, man, it's, it's, it's technique. I learned that very early on in Ninja. Like I'm, lucky to have my gymnastics background because i think that's the reason why i'm able to get so far there's nothing not doing anything uh spectacular in my laches i don't think other than using a certain technique in gymnastics called a takachev tap okay in gymnastics is called a takachev tap um where you basically just set yourself up to transfer your momentum on the other side of the bar so in ninja i just cut that short and I have that, I, instead of sending me up for, for height, I have it send me out for distance. So mm -hmm. it's really just about a technique. It's nothing, 
to do with strength or ability. It's literally all about technique. I am happy to teach it to anyone who wants to learn. <laughs> hey, man. Well, I, when I put it out that, you know, we were chatting and like every people were like, okay, I need to know about this gymnastic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, so i'll just start i'll start smashing through some of these questions and i'll send you on your way so the first one i have uh is what gymnastic movement do you think ninjas sh should learn i think you probably just mentioned <laughs> the secret and my microphone can you say that more time so what gymnastic movement do you think ninjas should learn Ooh, what gymnastics i don't know oh, man um, I would say just a basic tap swing, honestly, like mm. just a basic, a basic gymnastics tap swing, I think is the thing that has helped me throughout multiple different moments throughout Ninja, not just with Lachey's, but with Salmon Ladder, mm. with um, different moves, even just different kipping moves, just when I try to take some of the weight off my arms, if I'm starting to get a little tired, like I'll do some sort of hip movement that I would normally do on like the high bar to take some of the weight off and mm. give myself that moment of like relief on my arms, like, you know, something. I, I feel like one of the most utilized movements in Ninja is how you move your hips, like mm. through obstacles. So I would say just a tap swing and different types of swings on the rings and on the high bar. Mm, okay 100 percent. i agree all right training tips to be like him on the wing nuts <laughs> on the wing nuts <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> again this all goes back to a tap swing uh different weight a lot of the way that i moved on the wing nut was how i moved my body on rings on the still rings you know uh mm. learning how to swing learning how to like use my hips, tap my toes up. Like these are all things you learn in gymnastics. So I feel like, or on the rings in, in men's gymnastics. So I feel like that would be a good uh, place to start was learning how to swing on the rings. A hundred percent, especially like, um, you know, especially in gymnastics, you know, how like the rings are so, like they're so long and then you're trying to, yes. have, like, trying to build up a swing from, from yep. nothing. I mean, that that's so yeah. tricky. Uh, what's this next one? Was there uh, something specific you did in your training that made everything click? Which I don't know if we touched on that at all. Um, yes, yes and no. So I have learned just based off my style that everyone is different based off their background and training. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I did for me that clicked with me, with me in Ninja was I went back to my roots of gymnastics and i started approaching ninja the way that i moved i moved like a gymnast and it started making everything easier so when i got a ninja i tried to do things like a like a parkour artist or a free runner i tried mm -hmm. to do laches where it was like you let go with one hand and then mm -hmm. you go with you know you go mm -hmm. one two mm -hmm. to the next thing which works for some people i mean there are some ninjas that get very far with that technique mm -hmm. and then but it wasn't working for me because I don't have a parkour or free runner background. I wasn't able to get it. Mm. But the second that I went to my background in gymnastics, all of a sudden now I'm making progress. Um, and that goes for anybody's background. I feel like climbers, you know, I've, I remember talking to Megan Martin and the thing that clicked for her was she started training obstacles the way that she trains competitions and, and, and rock climbing. So it makes sense for a person to go back to their background mm. um, 
and start training in a way that they're used to and start approaching obstacles in a way that makes sense to them instead of trying to to understand somebody else's you know yeah somebody else's technique or somebody else's um somebody else's style of training or competing or whatever it is because everyone's different everyone has a different a different um, approach to how they do these obstacles. There's no, there's no like one right way to do Ninja Warrior. Mm. Like that's, that's the thing. There's no one right way to do it. So I feel like for a person's like thing that makes them click, the, the, the click that happens in a person's training, you yeah. have to figure out what works for you personally, you know, mm. like experiment around, train with different, with different types of athletes. I, I must've trained with like, God, I must have trained with like a thousand different kinds of ninjas before I actually figured this out. And that's why I said earlier, like for me, honestly, it didn't, it was like a year into ninja before I was like, oh, I get it now. Like it took me a while. It took me a while before I like figured it out. Yeah, no, hundred percent, man. I'm four years in and I'm still trying to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if you don't have a background, I would just tell someone like, get one like go go take a class outside of ninja warrior you're like you mm. you don't you've never been in a, in a sport before cool go rock climb go go become a rock climber like do some recreational classes go do some recreational classes of, of gymnastics see if you fit there go mm. do some recreational classes and track like something um i think it's i think some great supplemental training for a ninja is to do another sport that complements it very well mm. oh 100 percent this is a good one. Uh, tips on avoiding shoulder injuries with Ninja being obviously yeah, very shoulder dominant. Do you uh, have any shoulder wait. issues? I used to. Um, so I never, it was weird because I never really, I mean, I had, I had my issues with um, my shoulders my sophomore year of Ninja. So season eight, like I had my issues, but then afterwards, like I stopped, it kind of like went away. Yeah. But um I started lifting weights. I started getting my shoulders strong in terms of pushing. There's mm. no pushing in Ninja. Like it's all hanging. It's all mm. hanging and explosive throws. And um, that be- creates a lot of muscle imbalances. So you get really strong in some areas of your shoulder, but then the areas of your shoulder that needs to be protected, they don't have any padding. You know, they don't have any armor around it. So mm. create some armor around, around your shoulder. Start pushing start doing shoulder exercises i go to the i go to the gym i not you know my goal is never to get big per se i'm not trying to put on like mass and you know mm. get bulky or anything but i just want to create enough muscle around these areas that are getting tapped so that they have enough armor around them to protect them so okay. i think one of the greatest things that people can do to protect their shoulders is just get their shoulders strong you know mm. do do some um do some shoulder presses like just do a do a nice shoulder routine like spend one day a week just lifting weights on your shoulders mm, no i like that that's that's really good uh what's this one here how do we increase our lache distance to start getting anywhere near five meters so obviously five meters <laughs> plus is, uh, probably that yeah seven uh was that probably 17 feet i, I think or 17 feet yeah something, 17 like 17 and a half is where i'm 17 and a half is where i'm at yeah. Um, so <laughs> I don't know where this dude's starting from. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's hard. That's so hard. To, that's so that's hard a- because 
there's I don't know how to answer that actually. <laughs> uh, I think I th if I could give anyone like advice on increasing distance, do a Lachey, do a Lachey from a bar to just nowhere. Like like put a crash mat out as far as you can, as far as you think you're gonna go. Yeah. Draw a line on the ground and just Lachey from that and try and pass the line because that's how we that's how we teach laches initially right that's how we mm. teach laches we we don't have anyone just lache and just throw themselves to another bar we have them get used to throwing themselves off off a bar mm. so um that's what you got to do for distance you know what i mean like i would never tell anyone to go from an eight foot lache to a like 14 foot lache you know what mm. i mean i would never tell anyone to do that i would tell someone just like First, see how far you can get because there's a lot of technique that has to change from an eight foot like lache to a 14 foot lache. Oh there's man, a big <laughs> change in the technique. There's a big change in the power. Mm. So you need to you need to first figure that out. Figure out the technique that you need, and then once you figure that out, yeah, then start doing the lache and seeing you know you know putting your hands on it, seeing seeing you know if you'll be able to grab the bar. Um, and if you're just not making it to a certain distance, um, you know, if you're not like making it far enough, if you're, if you find that you're a foot away from a certain distance, mm. again, uh, what motion are we doing with laches? We're taking, we're taking a bar and we're throwing it past our heads, right? Mm. So get some kettlebells, get some dumbbells and, you know, do, do shoulder extensions up to your shoulders. That's what we used to do in gymnastics. You know, we used to do a lot of like shoulder exercises where we got our, ourselves strong by taking dumbbells or something and just opening mm. up our shoulders and go over our head because that's a lot of strength. Maybe you're not strong enough to throw the bar and throw yourself in that motion to get the distance that you need. So, mm. um, yeah, there's a long list, man. <laughs> there's a, there's a long list, but I think, I think those two might be the best bet for this person. Yeah. And, you know, I think especially like once you start hitting, I don't know, for me, you know, three meters was, was big for me. Uh, that's probably be, I'm not sure, uh, probably between 10 and 12 feet. I'm not sure exactly. Okay. But like once you start pushing past three, at least in my head, it's like, okay, well, what do I have to change? What has to get bigger to make it to yes. four meters? So I feel like yeah. once you reach that point where you can almost muscle your way to a distance, that's yeah. when you have to start refining things. The technique, if the technique is not there, if it, exactly it's not going to happen and i try and tell exactly. people I said, you can't do this in in one in two or three swings like you can't do two or three swings and expect to be hitting your distances or uh, you know obviously you, you probably you've met ashlyn herbert um yes yeah uh you know he's, he's got a little, another beast oh man absolute absolute weapon um so like you watch you watch you guys like you don't do two swings three swings like it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it and that's the thing like like i said the technique is drastically different from eight foot to you know to 14 foot like it's a mm. huge change you know i'm jumping up i'm doing a tap swing and i'm going for eight feet mm. when i'm doing 14 and when i'm doing 17 and a half i'm casting to a handstand and then yeah. that's a completely different technique i'm not doing the same type of of swing anymore so it's like you have to learn that first you got to learn the prerequisite which is the tap swing first mm. before you ever think about um you know pushing for those distances a hundred percent i'm working and i'm working on beating my world record right now and i'm currently that's what i'm doing i'm 
currently figuring out a new technique Ooh. to to do to beat 17 and a half feet because I've gotten to the point now where 17 and a half feet is my max and I'm not able to go any farther than that because my technique is fine for 17 and a half feet and I'm muscling everything that I have. I'm giving wow. everything I have throw. So now I need to figure out a different technique that's going to help me get another half a foot or foot. So, um, you know, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah, yeah. It's all about technique. All yeah, about that's... technique. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Pray for my shoulders for sure. <laughs> We're talking about strengthening shoulders. Hopefully, I've done a good job of that. Yeah, man. You might need Arnold Schwarzenegger shoulders or something before you. Yeah, right. <laughs> before you attempt it. All right. So this next one, you don't have to answer. It's a, uh, it's, it's a funny one. I'm gonna call him out too. Mike Ravert. Uh, okay. Wanted to ask you this one. He goes, if he had to go gay for a ninja, who would it be? <laughs> Mike would ask this question. He would ask this question. Oh, man. I'm calling him out. And, and, and the reason why I think he's asking is I think he wants to know if it's him. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to make that assumption. Man, so. You can't, there's, the pool's too big to choose from. All of the ninja, all of the ninja boys are studs, man. Too, pool's too, too big. I can't, I can't even choose this one. I, pool's too big, man. That's a, that's a clever answer. I like that. <laughs> So, so Mike, if you're uh, if you're listening to this, you're included in that. So you can you can take that how you want. <laughs> um, all right, what have I got? Oh man, I'll try and smash through these, man. What time is it for no, you? It you're must good, be... dude. You're good. Do, do I'm, you... a li- I'm a night out anyway, man. I Are you? Not... Yeah, okay. dude. Yeah. Well, like I said, whenever we're training, it's usually around these hours anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. I don't, cause I feel, I feel, I feel terrible. I'm, I'm, nah, I'm, man, enjoying, you're enjoying, you're I'm really enjoying this. Um, oh, what's this next one? Does it add pressure when you're, con- oh, we, we did discuss this. Does it add pressure when you're considered one of the best in Ninja? I 100%. Guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think at a certain point you learn to deal with it a little yeah. bit better. Um, I'm just getting to that point. I'm, I'm, uh, six years in now and I feel like this was the very first year where I kind of I finally kind of got a handle on that like I had never I had never done it before I had always struggled with the pressure but this was the very first year and I give credit to Jesse Graff because I spent a lot of time with Jesse Graff last summer I stayed uh, with her and her uh, you know with her in LA at her place and we just became really good friends and um, she really helped me with that because I was able to explain to her like, yeah, like, how do you deal with this? You know what I mean? Like how, you know, you've been, you've been at the top for a long time. Like you, this pressure, like, I just don't know how to handle it. And she gave me a lot of tips and just helped me change my perspective on how I look at things. But it, oh man, it takes time, dude. It takes, when you're considered one of the best for some people, some people are just naturally gifted at being able to, uh, to use that to, for fuel or use that for uh, motivation Mm. and for some people it affects them negatively and unfortunately I was one of those one of those types that it you know affected negatively but luckily we are out of that stage and yeah now it's definitely getting better but um, a couple of years ago a couple of seasons ago and last season yeah no that was hard that was it definitely had a hard time dealing with it yeah no it's it's I mean I can't say I'm, I'm at that level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't say where I'm You'll at a level there, where, 
where I feel like that. But I think uh, uh, for me personally, especially I think when, you know, especially when kids try, you know, kids come up to you or whatever. uh, I I try and remind myself that I'm not the best. Even if people tell you you're amazing. I'm like, you know, you know, as in me, as in I know, like, man, is it like I can name you 50 ninjas right now? No, I'm, dude, I'm just, 100% like, that way. Yeah, yeah no. Th- I'm, that will just dis- obliterate me. And, and dude, I'm the, I'm the exact same way. Like, literally, like, I can name off the back of my hand, like, ninjas. I have a whole arm that I can just go up with ninjas. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I'm like, no, he's better than me. He's better than me. He's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, she's better than me. Like, I have so many names that I would just right off the bat be like, no, like stop paying attention to me. Like, look, look at them. Like, look at what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah. It gets easier over time though. Definitely gets easier over time. Yeah. I can, imagine. I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know in 10 years. Trust right? me. Yeah. Yeah. You will, man. You will, you will definitely, you will understand soon enough. <laughs> um, this is a good one. Maybe, I don't know if we touched on this, but who motivates slash inspires you? Is, there might be a few people on that list, but is there is there one? Yeah, there's so many. Um, in ninja, or just in life in general, or it didn't specify. I would imagine. Uh, how about how about how about one one person in ninja, and then one person in life? Um, in ninja, oh god, yeah, man, that's god, that's so hard. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say, uh, I I just I I can't choose one. I can't choose one. I literally can't choose one. But right. right now, we'll make it two. We'll make it two. You know, you got two parents. Okay. So we'll, uh, <laughs> right, oh, man. right now, the ninjas that are sticking out are Jimmy, Jimmy Choi, and um, Kyle, Kyle Schultze, um, the deaf ninja, Kyle Schultze, because they both. One of the things I've always had a hard time dealing with in ninja was not not make not so much making excuses because I don't make excuses for having asthma or any of those things that for a long time tried to hide the fact that I had asthma but mm. one of the things that I've always had a hard time dealing with is just in my own head and in my own in my own just heart sometimes feeling that being a little upset or being a little angry that I had to work so much harder than other ninjas especially season um especially season 11 when I failed mm. the water walls I was like this sucks had I not had asthma I would have been fine I would have made it there you know who, who knows how far I would have gone then because I had been training so hard for for stage three and I was so ready for stage three this year or that year and you know mm. I just would get so angry just like just at the circumstance like this sucks man I have asthma I'm like god but then you look at somebody like Jimmy Choi who has Parkinson's mm. and he's still crushing it you know what I mean with having his tremors like he's still able to go out there and 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 just do amazing and not only that but like the guy does things that I can't even do like he's he's so strong I don't know if anyone follows his social media um Jimmy Choi is his name please follow his social media the guy is phenomenal the things that he can do is it blows my mind especially having Parkinson's Mm. so he's someone that inspires me to just keep going, you know, no matter what it is that you have that maybe other ninjas can't relate to that might, you might have to work a little bit harder because of just don't make excuses. Don't get down on yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Just keep working. You know what I mean? You know, you'll be fine. So he's definitely someone that inspires me. And then Kyle Schultz, he's deaf. So, you know, he, he, things are a lot harder for him because he, 
in my opinion, he's got to feel so alone sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm. Imagine just being in a room of silence and not and not having anyone to communicate with you because not, I mean, everyone doesn't know sign. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine just having to figure things out on your own. You know what I mean? And it, that's not so much the case for him because he does have people there helping them. But I can't imagine how many instances where he's been in a spot in Ninja where he maybe he's been on an obstacle and he has no idea how to get off this obstacle. And it's mm-hmm. like, what do we do when, when, when that happens to us? We listen to our coaches on the side. We listen to everyone mm-hmm. else say, like, you're not doing this or do that or you're right there. This now. He doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. He's up there by himself. And to me, that is so incredibly terrifying to think sometimes. And it's like, there's been so many times, dude, where I've been on an obstacle. And if it wasn't for Chris Wolcheski or uh, uh, Michael Torres screaming something or Joe Morowski screaming something at me right before I was about to go, I mm. probably wouldn't have gotten through it. So yeah. Kyle, to me, is someone that is like so inspiring because it's like he's he has to do this sometimes by himself, literally. He's out there on his own by himself sometimes. So um, that's just so inspiring to me to see how how dedicated he is and how strong he is and how determined he is to set an example of someone who is deaf and that they still can go far in the sport because he is a hell of an athlete. He's Mm. so good at what he does. Um, So those two guys specifically right now stand out the most in terms of inspiration Mm. Um, among a whole list of people, (laughs) among a whole list. Um, That's justified. Yeah, yeah. And then outside world, my parents, man, uh, mm. just for the story that we touched on earlier, like they just, they are the hardest workers I've ever seen. I have, I've ever known. So definitely my parents. Nah, man. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, fantastic decisions. I, I agree, man. I mean, damn, your parents, are, I mean, my mother, my mother's, you know, done a lot for me and in my stepdad yeah. and I've, I've got, I'm lucky. I've had three father figures in my life. for So, you know, I'm very lucky. I've got a lot of yeah. people that, 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 that helped me. So I, I, I totally understand. Um, what's this next one here? Considering so many great ninjas, considering so many great ninjas do, I think they just missed the word. Should I be doing gymnastics? And I think the short answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. why not? Well, like, why not? You know, like, that's what I'm saying. Like supplement. I feel like ninjas should have, you know, supplemental training regimens like for me mm. uh, I have my gymnastics background so I don't so much have to dive into gymnastics because I have a background in that so if anything if I do gymnastics I'm going just for fun mm. um, but something that I like to use is rock climbing I didn't I didn't do rock climbing when I was younger so mm. that's a great way to build strength in the forms that you really can't build anywhere else and not only that but it's great for problem solving it's mm. great for problem solving being on a problem or an obstacle where you don't freak out, you don't panic, you figure it out while you're on it. You, you, you know, take those little things that you learned in rock climbing to be on an obstacle and still like kind of rest. You know, for me, I utilize a dead hang all the time. I always utilize my dead hang. I always shake out. And I never would have learned that had I not gone to rock climbing. So mm. that's what I was saying earlier, you know, like, hey, like you, you know that you've, you feel that you're weak in a certain area, go to this, this background and, and figure it out, you know, go mm-hmm. train it, go try something new. So yeah, go do gymnastics, man. Go, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, absolutely. This is a good you question. Would not be disappointed. Yeah. No, this is this is a no, this is a good one because uh I don't do this, but uh, someone says, Should I train ninja without chalk, being that the show doesn't allow it? One hundred percent. Yes. I um from so our our season starts to film in March, right? Yeah. And for my region, we don't go until late April, sometimes early April, earlier late April, depending on the year. Uh, but from February on, from February until the end of my season, I don't, I, I don't train with chalk. Okay. Yeah. So from February till the time that my season is over, I get my hands and I get myself used to training with no chalk at all. I go in there. If I do anything at all, I will just rub the ground or I'll go in the bathroom. I'll, you know, put some soap and water on my hands and just wash my hands really good, get all the moisture and everything off, all the oils. And then I'll just get right to work. But yeah, no, do not get used to training. If you have any aspirations of being on the show or just being better at the show, mm. train with no chalk. That's, I think that's a weapon. I really do. I think that's a really good secret weapon to have in your back pocket. Yeah, I think my one of my training partners, Dan Mason, I don't know if you met him. He, he was on Team Australia the last time when he, when he came over. Um, yeah, he, he, he's been training with that chalk a lot lately. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, it's smart. Well, I thought he was going to win last season. Unfortunately, he um he made a slight error. But like that's yeah, like that's how. That's ninja. That's how yeah. <laughs> that's ninja. Yeah. Well, we had a we had a very interesting season. I mean, we had three. Ben people. won, right? Yeah, Ben. Ben took it out, but we had yeah. three people get to Mount Midoriyama and all climb under under thirty seconds. So Ben obviously was just the the, the speedy one. Um, we had two people with perfect seasons. So basically, just like Jeff, Jeff Britton just. Every everything done, and awesome. uh, unfortunately, one of them literally missed it by a second. I think he went up, went to hit the buzzer, missed it, went oh shoot, and then hit it, and it was like literally just oh. a second difference. So no. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was, oh. um, but yeah, that no. is a nightmare. Oh, it was a it was a, a, a four hundred thousand dollar error. Oh man. All right. Last one for you. I'll send you on your way. Is it better to train obstacles individually or create your own course run? I think there's probably a you know, valid reason for both, but what do you think? I personally, I do both. Yeah. Um, so this is what I was, again, I mean, it's a lot of these questions have me touch back on something I've said before, but mm. I go back to my, I like to go back to my background in gymnastics. That's how I like to train ninja. It's help. That's what works for me. Mm. And in gymnastics, what you do is you do full routines and then you do half routines and then you just work on individual skills or problem areas in your routine. Mm. So how I break that up into ninja when I'm training for the season is I do uh, full course runs, half course runs, and then I train just the obstacles in that course run that I just did that gave me a little bit of trouble or maybe I wasn't the most efficient at. And I try and figure that out. And that's how I structure my training. I like to do a full course run, just get it out the way, like mm. maybe do two course runs, um, two full course runs. And then I'll break it in half, give myself a little bit of a break, go through those, you know, those half course runs and I'll just try and run them as fast as I possibly can. Mm. And then once I do that, I like to just break it up. So I think it's a, uh, I think it's good to do that because you're training yourself to run a course. You know what I mean? You're training yourself to run a course. You're training yourself to be efficient at course running. You're training your, your body 
to know what a course is going to feel like, you know, whether that's pump wise or cardiovascular side, you know, wise. Um, and then when you do the obstacles individually, you're training your obstacle awareness. I like to call it obstacle awareness because there's a million different ways to do an obstacle most mm. of the time. So you're able to just figure out a thousand different ways to, you know, overcome something you might see on the show. So I think it's important to do both personally. That's just my opinion. Yeah. No, man, everything you've touched on just nails, you know, nail, nail, <laughs> just, just perfect. Mate, I mean, I've I got no. I mean, I, I feel like I, we could just keep going, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm conscious. I'm conscious. You probably, I don't know. You want to watch TV or play video games, or I don't know. Nah, what, man, what's your, nah, dude. I'm. What's I'm your going to. What do you like I'm to do? going to get some food. Get some uh, midnight. Get a little midnight snack in me. Nice. And then just prepare for training tomorrow, man. I'm finally back in the gym. I took some time off from you know after the season. I always like to take a couple of months off so i took my couple of months off and now i'm back getting ready mm. for our national ninja league over here so yeah, mm. back in the gym in the morning man oh 100 what, what's going on with you with all the acting stuff you were doing obviously so, i know with covid obviously things were, were, were on hold but yeah i was gonna say it's all slowed down now unfortunately it really sucks it's like as soon as you start to make headway you know headway in something all of a sudden you know something happens and it's it's like just just kidding you know you can, yeah you can go back to yeah, before but yeah i um i was doing a lot of stunt work in new york i'm in philadelphia so it's only for those of you, anyone who doesn't know new york is literally like less than two hours away from philadelphia so uh i was traveling back and forth this is before covid traveling back and forth to new york to do a lot of different stunt work stunt work gigs some commercials um some modeling and i was working on trying to become a leading like a lead role actor or, you know, a supportive mm. role actor, something speaking, you know, I wanted to get in front of the camera and, you know, actually have a role in the film other than just like jumping around or going through <laughs> explosions or something like that, which is fun. Don't get me wrong, but I've always had a dream of bringing a character to life. Um, mm. So I was working on that. Um, and then COVID happened and just slowed everything down. And so a lot a progress that I made has unfortunately come to a standstill, but hopefully, hopefully, as things are starting to open up, New York is finally starting to open up oh, good. a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully things will start to happen again. Oh, that's good. Well, I think, you know, everything we've discussed, uh, you, you've always found, you seem to have always found a way, you know, no matter yeah, what yeah. has been thrown at you, uh, you have just, gone and found and found a way and you know i really appreciate this time you've given me i've, I've learned a lot yeah, just in Definitely just, in, just now you know you, you think oh yeah i'm i know stuff but you know, yeah <laughs> just highlighting man i don't know most powerful thing dude no conversations are the most powerful thing absolutely well man look i'll let you go thank you so much again i'm glad we could finally do this i'd love to yeah, catch dude. up again after the season yeah, yes. after the season, so we can discuss some of these obstacles. Yes. Um, I'm so excited for everyone to see the season, man. These obstacles, like, oh my god, they're honestly like my favorite. That like of my six years on Ninja, these are my these are my favorite obstacles. These are my favorite course runs. It's 
just stick with it, people. Like, just keep watching. Like, it gets oh, better. Man. Like, every episode gets better. That's correct. Even Akbar is like, yo, like, he's like, man, this is probably the best season. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. It's like, he goes, this, you know, I probably shouldn't say anything. You know, there's this obstacle called the corkscrew. And I was like, he goes, he goes, oh, my God. He goes, <laughs> and your reaction it's, was the same reaction uh, Nick yeah, Hansen had. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so, it's, it's, man, like, it's, there's no way to, there's no way to really describe it other than you, you just, you just gotta wait. You just gotta wait and see. It, it, it's, it's one of those obstacles where you're just like, what were they thinking? Like, how did they even come up with that? Like, like where did that even come from? You know what I mean? Like, it's probably, I don't know if it was an obstacle design challenge obstacle or not. I think, I don't know if it was. I can't remember if it was, but man, this is one of the most interesting. This obstacle and one other are one of the most interesting obstacles that I have ever seen. Wow. I've ever seen on the show. It's so cool, especially, and I think too, a lot of us are able to appreciate it because of the fact that they didn't have very much time to try and pull the season together at all. Like they just, mm. they had to pull together as fast as possible. And what they came up with, I think none of us were expecting. Like none, we, none of us were expecting any of the things that they did. So that just blew us away even more, you know? <laughs> oh, hundred oh, percent. Mate, go get some food. Go, go, uh, go enjoy yourself. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And yeah, we'll definitely catch up soon. Oh, hundred percent. All right, buddy. Take care, bro. All right, bro. Peace. See you later, man. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode on The Way of the Ninja podcast. If you would like to be kept in the loop, please subscribe today. If you would like to help support the podcast and help us grow, please consider becoming a Patreon member today. There is a link in the show notes or else you can go directly to our Instagram page at 52 ninja